All right, everybody. Well, welcome to the Gathering Podcast. Uh, really, the purpose of this podcast is just to bring people on who are a part of our ministry in some way, um, are connected to it, and let you guys hear a little bit about what God is doing in their life, what they've learned um, as they've walked with Jesus, and maybe that'll help you learn how to walk with Jesus a little bit better. Um, the Gathering is a college ministry that's um, hosted by the River Community Church in Cookville, Tennessee, and uh, our hope really is that each person would encounter biblical worship and biblical community and an intentional mission that God has put us on. So if that interests you, come check us out on Tuesday nights or give us a follow over on Instagram at the Gathering TN. Um, but today I got a special guest on who's actually not necessarily a part of the Gathering, um, but Ryan Keaton, who works and serves with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, um, working with young adults all across the state of Tennessee, just helping us partner together and see gospel work in our communities. And he was hanging out today with us and asked me if he would jump on the podcast. So, Ryan, thanks so much for hopping on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Excited why to be here. Why don't you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Who is Ryan? Sure. So I've uh, been on staff with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board for a little over two and a half years now. Uh, I was associate pastor over student ministry, young adults, all of that at First Baptist Church of Lexington, Tennessee, um, in West Tennessee for, I was on staff for about 11 years um, in those roles, and uh, so August of 21, I came on staff with the mission board. Uh, I still attend and serve at First Lexington uh, with our college and young adult ministry just as a volunteer, Um, and so me and my wife, we live there. I'm from Middle Tennessee. I grew up in Dixon, but my wife is from Lexington, so Lexington and First Lexington's her hometown, her home church, and so um, she's been there her her whole life. She's a registered nurse, so she works at the Kirkland Cancer Center in Jackson as a a physician extender with an oncologist, so hopefully you never meet her, and (laughs) uh, we have a four-month-old whose name is Evelyn, and she's the best. So So sweet. That's awesome, dude. So why, why young adults? Like, why do you care so much about you know, working with young adults? Yeah, I think young adults are the most underconnected and underserved group in the local church today, Mm. Uh, especially across the state of Tennessee. uh, Young adults, if you look at statistics, if you read any of the books, they're the group you look around and go, where are they? And most of the time, that question is asked because there's no connecting points for young adults yeah. in most of our local churches across the state. And so it's you graduate high school, we put so much emphasis on children and youth ministry, which is great and we need to. But when you turn 18 and you graduate and you either go off to college or you stay at home, um, the church that you maybe grew up in, you realize you look around and you're like, there's maybe not a place for me anymore. There's been so much focus, there's been so much attention, and this isn't necessarily a consumeristic point of view of like, you're not feeding me, but it's just, there's no landing point, right? You go Mm -hmm. from having specific age-graded groups for you to, hey, you got to jump in with your mom and dad now in small group, and it's just um, different life stage and different application of stuff, and it just, it changes, right? Right, yeah, for sure, and it's, man, I think one of the big things that drew me here because obviously I work with young adults too, and is, man, how strategic of a group this is. Yeah. Because they are, like we were talking about earlier today, they are looking for answers to deep, real questions. Um, Surface-level answers don't work for them, and they're passionate about actually knowing who who is God really, what does His Word actually say, how can we actually live for Him. And um, maybe, maybe maybe some of the reason they're, you know, underserved in many churches is because those are hard questions to answer. 
Um, but thankful for what you do the at the board, state board, and you know helping churches be more equipped to to minister to them. Um, one thing we talked about too is it's a very easy for this age group to feel isolated, yeah, feel lonely. Sure. And so what I wanted to talk to Ryan about today was friendship in this stage of life, stage of life being like 18 to 25. Like um, a lot of times in high school, you are kind of naturally in situations where it's easier to make friends. Um, not that maybe you were really lonely in high school and that was not your experience, but I think just for, for a lot of people, there's like you're in school, you're in class or you're, you know, you've got your youth group or something and like friends are kind of all around you and kind yeah. of given to you. Um, but when you get to college or when you get to, you know, the workforce or something, it can be a little bit harder to to develop friendships and to begin to feel like you're on an island all by yourself. And so just wanted to have a conversation about what is friendship? You know, how do we develop good, healthy friendships? Um, what does a good friend even look like? How can we be better friends um, and really seek those relationships out? So what would you consider to be maybe some markers of what a, a good friendship looks like? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question. And in our age of connectivity, right, we're connected to so many people. We have 2,000 Facebook friends or followers on Instagram or TikTok, whatever it may be. And so I think a true authentic friendship, like that definition is starting to kind of fall by the wayside, right? Yeah, for sure. It it almost becomes like a fairy tale, like, well, I hear about friendships, but I've never really experienced (laughs) it. Would love to have one one day. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, I mean, we're connected to so many people, but how many people can we truly count on? Mm -hmm. And so I would say some markers would definitely be like trust and time. Um, Some people, you know, you're around for a long time and you build that trust with them. And so you're relational equity, if you will, you build that up with them, right? You can you can trust if I have this conversation, if I'm vulnerable, if I'm transparent, they can handle it. And so there's some, I think, levels of friendship that, I mean, it just takes time to build. Right. Um, but, I mean, there are some people you just kind of connect with automatically. Maybe it's life experience or life stage that you're in, and it's just personality. And so you you get a lot of relational equity dumped in the bucket real quick. And so you just really connect with somebody. So I think it, but I would say time and trust are two markers that I really um, think of when I think of friendship. So I love that you brought up the connectivity piece because we are the most connected society ever as far as uh, quantity of connections. But it seems like we're one of the most isolated societies ever when it comes to true authentic relationships and friendships. And so why do you think it's even important to pursue actual friendship with a human being instead of just relying on the surface level, you know, potentially thousands of friendships that we have online, um, whether it's through Instagram or Facebook or whatever? Um, what, you know, like, why is it so important? What do you even maybe miss if you don't pursue friendship, you know, on a face-to-face human being authentic level? Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned quantity, and there is the difference, I think, between quantity and quality of friendships, right? So, I right. mean... There's a lot of people who follow me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, but they're not going to be there if a loved one passes away or if I'm Mm -hmm. having a bad day or, you know, we all need somebody to call us out sometimes to help us get out of that funk. And so when you are um, just in digital relationships, you miss out on that face-to-face interaction of just having somebody live life with you. We we were created to be together. Um, I mean, whether you... Uh, believe in God or the Bible or not, I mean, that's the whole 
point of how God created us was to be in first relationship with Him, but then to be in relationship with one another. Yeah. And while you can have digital relationships, there's nothing that can truly uh, replace a face-to-face interaction with somebody. Mm-hmm. Just that warmth of being in the same room, of living life together. Uh, I mean, I have, talking about the time, I have friends who I've grown up with my whole life who I still talk to on the phone and we'll do things monthly or bi-monthly together. And we're, I would consider them some of my best friends. Uh, But there are certain things about my job or my life they don't understand. And so because I don't live daily with them, there's just certain burdens they can't help me carry. Sure. But then there's other people who are in that stage of life with me today who see the daily grind I'm trying to go through. And there's just a different level of relationship. There's almost that seasonal aspect of friendship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that I think sometimes we may view as a bad thing, but I think is a good thing. You know, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. And so I can't expect all of my relationships to be the exact same as they were. Yeah, the seasonal aspect is something I observe to be a huge challenge for Um, especially for the transient stage of life that many young adults live in because they come from high school, maybe having been friends with the same people since maybe middle school or elementary school. And now all of a sudden they move two hours away to Tennessee Tech or UT Knoxville or something. And they oftentimes, if they can't begin to develop friendships where they are right then, they kind of continue to live in the past of almost like it's high school 2.0 instead of planting where they are now. Not at the detriment of friendships back home necessarily, but it is healthy, I think, to understand, okay, in the stage of life where I'm at right now, in the location that I'm at geographically right now, what does it look like to develop real friendships right around me? Um, I remember my first semester of college. um, I had some great friends back home that are still awesome friends of mine, and I realized very quickly that it was going to be hard to maintain the same level of friendship that I had with them from a time perspective yeah. because now I'm an hour and a half away. And there was a season that was beginning to shift there for me. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of freshmen especially who are like they're going home every single weekend to the like the high school football games and they're like doing the whole thing like they're still in high school. And it's yeah. like, nah, man, like that was a season that was a great room that season for what it was. This is a new season now, and the new season brings new relationships, it brings new friends, it brings new connections and new challenges that maybe people from your past season might not understand. Um, And that maybe even has a connection, too, to uh, like someone who comes to faith in Jesus for the first time. And they're now in a totally different season, and having friends who can help walk with them in that would be absolutely critical as well. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you go away to college. I know, I mean... I don't know if you call it an identity crisis or what it may be, but I mean, I had in my undergrad when I was working for my bachelor's one guy I'd grown up with. So I at least had him, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I didn't have that same crew that I'd grown up with my whole life. And then I look around and I'm like, you know, I have a lot of people who I hang out with and play basketball with, or, you know, um, disc golf or whatever it may be. But like, do they really care about me? Do we don't have those inside jokes? We don't have right. that time hadn't been there yet, right? Yeah, yeah, it takes and time. Yeah, sure it takes does. Time. And you, so I mean, you can almost have that. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, I think, the beautiful thing about this life stage of eighteen to twenty-five is we. It's not we're completely changing who we are, but we're kind of for the first time maybe getting to decide who do I want to be. Yeah, do I want to be this same person that I was? Mm. Um, it gives us an opportunity to kind of tweak our lives and you know i maybe had some character 
flaws that I don't want to carry on into my adult life. Sure. That some friends didn't let me, you know, stretch my wings and fly in this area. They mm-hmm. kind of held me down. I've heard it said, um, you're going to be the average of the five people you put around you. You yeah. might not be the best, you might not be the worst, but chances are you'll fall right in the middle. And I think that's so true in friendship, true too. And it's important of what friends we allow to be around us. Right. Hopefully we have people who are encouraging us, who are making us better because if not, I mean, if you look around to the people around you, do you want to be the average of those people that you're hanging out with? Right. Sometimes the answer is, of course, and sometimes it's like, well, maybe not. You maybe, know? yeah. <laughs> I'd be lucky to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right, yeah. That's right. Um, so let's say someone's listening to this and like, okay, I get it. Friendship's important. But, you know, I feel totally isolated right now, and I don't even know where to start, you know. And, I mean, what would you – I think as someone in that position – they're struggling with a lot of different things from loneliness to potentially depression and this idea of, man, nobody might, nobody cares about me. Mm. You know, what would you say to that person who feels like they're just on the fringe of life and missing what we're talking about here with friendship? Yeah, I would say the first thing is just identifying the issue because, I mean, you can't confront something that you're not aware of mm. and you're not alone in it. So, I mean, part of our loneliness or our depression or anxiety, whatever, is whether it's Satan or however you want to identify it, tries to convince us, maybe we try to convince ourselves that we're the only person that's ever experienced this, right? Yeah. And the reality is everybody 18 to 25 is going through the same life stage that we are. Hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it may be different location. It may be different to some degree. But, I mean, everybody is in a new season of life, whether it's trying to figure out a career or trying to study for... So, I mean, you're not alone in it. Right. You're not alone in this transition of trying to find new places to land, trying to figure out who you are. And so as much of a unicorn as you may feel like you are, uh, it's normal to yeah. go through those things. Um, and so just realizing, okay, I'm not a freak, right? Like <laughs> other people have experienced these same difficulties I'm going through. So sure. I'm not I'm not alone in that. And so it helps, right? Like um, it helps you see if I'm going through this and another person's going through this, like be a friend worth having. Chances are if I reach out to somebody, they're trying to find a friend too. And uh, But then also like really leaning into um, while you may feel lonely now, like don't isolate and -hmm. lean into the loneliness, lean into community and trying to be a friend. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Surgeon General came out with a report and you could go to Table for One Ministries uh, website and get some of these statistics, but um, the U.S. Surgeon General said that loneliness has the same effect on your health as smoking cigarettes. Um, it's it negatively impacts us. I mean, like mm. I said, we were created to be in community, and so we saw that through COVID and isolation, people yeah. being at home, not being able to be in community, and just people's physical physical health. Yes, through maybe a virus, but even more so, I think just through poor eating habits, poor exercise habits, lack of accountability, lack of movement, whatever it may be, uh, physical health just took a huge detriment turn. And mm-hmm. so... Um, and that lack of community, because yeah. even, like, I think about, um, we've got, you know, a three-year-old and a three-month-old, and we FaceTime my parents all the time. Yeah. And it's so much fun, and it's way better than a phone call. Yeah. Like, getting to see their face, and they're getting to see the kids, and it's it's a lot of fun. But even that, as good as it is, it's not even close to a substitute of oh, real in-person sure. interaction. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, um, we substituted in-person interaction for a Zoom call for yeah. you know quite a while. Um, and for many of us, during a very formative time, too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I loved what you said about be a friend worth having. 
because that is sometimes I think if we're not careful, we develop the victim mentality yeah. when it comes to friendship. And listen, you might be listening to this and you were totally like treated terrible by friends you had in a past life and you felt it was very unfair what happened to you. And I'm not at all minimizing that. Yeah. But at the same time, at some point, we have to look in the mirror and say, if this is going to change, I need to do something about For it. Sure. Um, one thing I hear a lot from people, and maybe we can get into this some, is this uh, hatred towards cliques and feeling mm-hmm. isolated. And listen, I don't want to ever form a clique or any type of like closed off group. But sometimes if we allow ourselves to, we'll get in our head of like, oh man, I wasn't invited to this thing. So like, I don't know if I'm really liked and then I don't have any friends. And it kind of like your head, your own head becomes like an echo chamber for these things. And yeah. you develop this victimization mentality of, oh, like I, all of this is happening to me. It's like, it's possible. But even if it is happening to you, is that really how you want to live? Like yeah. at some point we have to take the ownership on ourselves and say, I'm going to do the necessary steps to being a friend worth having and mm-hmm. maybe reaching out to someone who's not being reached out to just like me and we can form a friendship that way. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, I'll just, I can speak personally, you know, I, one specific situation and I won't get into all the details on this, but I had a friend who just made a horrible mistake that directly impacted me and it radically I mean it it shook me right I, mm. that moment or that incident could have and it does to some degree impact the way that I trust people the way that I view friendship mm. and so it have been very easy in that stage to be the victim right of like this person really hurt me hurt a lot of others around me and so it's just not worth it yeah. it's not worth Uh, being vulnerable so I'm just going to put those walls up and not let anybody else in Hmm. which is an option that I think a lot of people choose sure but in that kind of idea of being a friend worth having the other side of it is you know I know the pain of having somebody let me down or hurt me or whatever and so I never want to make somebody else feel that way when they come in contact with me yeah so while I may not have experienced the best I want when other people come in contact with me for them to have the best experience with me possible. That's a great way of putting it. And most of the time, you know, you attract what you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. But if I'm negative, it's not hard for me to find other people who are willing <laughs> to get down and be negative with me, right? Right. But the more I find myself trying to be positive and encouraging, I found that that in attracts positive, encouraging people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ones who won't be, they weed themselves out, right? Because that's not the world they want to live in. And it's not that you cut them off, but they just stop answering the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, we can't allow the failures of past relationships or past friendships to divine, to, to f- define um, the future of what's possible when it comes to friendship, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you know, a 20-year-old who's feeling lonely. Um, you know, a good a good step to be a friend worth having. For sure. A good step is to reach out to those and make sure, even if you have been treated poorly, that the people who interact with you are treated better than you were. That is, man, that is worth a podcast right there. Yeah, that is right good there. stuff. <laughs> and I think it's because it puts, a lot of times we want to control their, their actions and emotions of other people. Yeah. And you just can't do that. The only person you can control is you. Yeah. And so we can sit around and, you know, wallow in our own self-pity about how people treated us and that could be totally right and deserved or we can say okay you know what like yes this happened but 
I'm going to make sure that people interact with me. That does not happen to them. Yeah. Um, sure. And I'm going to be a friend worth having. And over time, like I'm with you, I think that does attract the kind of friends you want to be around. Um, Bria's grandma, who is the nicest person ever, she has this phrase, whenever someone does something mean to her, she says, I'm just going to kill them with kindness. Yeah. And sometimes she'll just kind of say it through her teeth. Uh-huh. But sometimes it's you got to do. Like if, yeah. some, if you've been treated poorly, like you can get down in the gutter with them or you can rise above it and kill them with kindness, which you could argue maybe has some Jesus tones there, yeah. <laughs> like turning the other cheek and like <laughs> loving right. your enemy. I don't know if Jesus would have said kill them with kindness, but um, it does ring true that, hey, if Jesus has forgiven us, then we can forgive those who have hurt, they have hurt, who have hurt us. And what he's offering us is really an invitation into not just a relationship with him, but a relationship with his people who, yes, are imperfect, but are really the thing, the thing that unifies that is the blood of the blood of Jesus. And that's a community we can definitely be a part of. What would you say to someone who's maybe been a part of a Christian community in the past and has been hurt by that community? Mm. Um, What are some steps forward for them? Because that's something I think we encounter, unfortunately, all too often in our college ministry here is... There's a student who maybe was a part of a church in high school and witnessed or was directly affected by whether it might be a church split or gossip or something that does not define what a community of Jesus should be about, sure. but it was their experience of it. What kind of advice would you give somebody like that who's maybe very gun-shy about starting to get involved in community uh, with yeah. Christians? Well, the first thing I would just say is, you know, I'm sorry that that was your experience. Um, Mm. Sadly, there's so many that have walked through that. And the last thing I want to do is minimize somebody's personal experience because that's very isolating, right? When you're just like, oh, you know, they're just playing the victim. They're just playing a big deal. Like I've had some of the, and I mean, I'm just being transparent for your podcast. Some of the, like the wildest, most inappropriate things I've had said to me were from people who claim to be Christ followers. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, but I'll just say that just because they claim to be Christ followers doesn't mean that they necessarily reflect the character of Christ. Sure. And so, um, like any family, there's going to be uh, the oddballs, right? Yeah, or and the dysfunction. Be, yeah. The dysfunction, that, that's going to happen. And so don't um, let an earthly relationship or person be what you, how you define mm. your heavenly father. Yeah. Because, you know, he doesn't look at you the way that maybe somebody has communicated. Mm. And I'll say, like, we, you know, a big movement that is happening among young adults is this deconstruction. And I'll say in that, uh, if that is something you're walking through where you're trying to kind of tear down to the bedrock of what you believe, you know, I think the deconstruction movement has been mislabeled. Because I think, honestly, it's more of a, uh, not deconstruction, but a destroying movement where mm-hmm. they're trying to destroy faith. So I'll say, if you're deconstructing, leave something to build back on. Yeah. Um, don't give up on God. Don't give up on a chance to have a relationship with Him. Because if you're not, then you're not deconstructing your faith. You're destroying your faith. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in those two. I think mm-hmm. that there is a benefit to tearing down of saying, why do I believe what I believe in? And then building that back on a foundation of Jesus. You need that. You know, you need to strip mm-hmm. away the... Uh, weight of religion to some degree. Um, and I think that a poor church experience would probably fall into that religion category over the relation category. Um, and then I'll say there are good churches out there. 100%. You have had bad, you may have had bad church experiences. I've had bad church experiences, but I promise you somewhere there is a great Bible believing church of 
loving Christians who want to pour into you. So don't give yeah. up on trying to find that. That's not the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, true Christ followers exuberate the love of Christ. And so that is out there. Healthy community is out there. So just because you've experienced the poor doesn't mean you won't ever find the healthy. Yeah, that's a good word. And you can say that because you travel. Part of what you do is going to all these churches in Tennessee. Yeah. And so you experience all different types of churches. And so For the sure. fact that you can say, hey, it's they are out there and they're often not, there's not as few as we think there are. There's actually quite a, there's a, a lot yeah. of churches that are just extremely healthy and loving and kind and not perfect, you know, or find a perfect one, but ones that really do seek to share the love of Jesus with, with young adults and really all people, regardless of, you know, nationality or socioeconomic or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. They do exist. And one thing I was thinking about as you were talking was I've been reading Jeremiah recently, and he was an extremely isolated prophet yeah. because everybody hated him. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, he wasn't the most encouraging either. Yeah. But uh, if you don't know about the prophet Jeremiah, I mean, he really is a lot of judgment uh, to Judah and yeah. Israel for their sin. And there you can just tell, like, the isolation he was feeling in several passages. Mm-hmm. But something he always comes back to is that ultimately God is enough for him that serving yeah. God is worth it, and God will see him through it. And God does call us to community, absolutely. So don't use this sure. as an excuse to not jump into community. But God will sustain you to on that journey to finding community. He will keep you. I think um, sometimes we rely on people to be forced, what only God can be. Yeah. Um, and so just stay consistent in your relationship with him and keep searching for that community with intentionality, and you really will find it. That's for, for sure. sure. And if you take if you've taken any counseling or psychology classes or whatever, you may have heard this phrase. But you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, probably those people in the church who were supposed to be like Christ, who weren't, and who hurt you, they probably had some underlying issues in their life as sure. well. And they were acting out of their own hurt when they hurt you. They may not have even been intentionally trying to hurt you. Um, or maybe they were. Yeah. But either way. Um, chances are they were going through their own stuff just like you are and maybe right. they were trying to seek community and they were they were venting out their frustration in a poor way yeah. and so um again you know I just it's it's easy to just lay down and give up it's a lot harder to say you know what uh that situation really stunk but i'm gonna try to move forward and make other situations better that's good yeah well i got one more question for you okay um, let's do it. what would you consider to be some of the biggest barriers to friendship right now that people have to overcome? For sure. So time is one. I mean, we talked about time and trust. Uh, I mean, we're busy. We yeah. live in a very busy world, maybe busier than ever before. If you look at my calendar, if you look at your calendar, it's probably jam-packed with things. And so I would say just like your relationship with Jesus doesn't happen by accident, biblical community doesn't happen by accident. It's something, if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. And so you have to be in- intentional to put it on there. So maybe you need to intentionally schedule friendship, which sounds crazy, but you need it. And (laughs) so if you're not going to plan it, it's not going to happen. And so uh, time is a huge barrier, um, and intentionality is a huge barrier. We're just not being intentional in friendships anymore because life is taking us in so many different directions with jobs or college or whatever. I think over 70% of college students work. And Mm. so you're busy, right? You're um, trying to keep family relationships home friend relationships, college relationships, work. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. And so um, just managing your time well. um, And then I would just say, I mean, especially as a Christ follower, um, 
not sinking biblical community is yeah. a big barrier because we try to replace what is can only be found in relationship with other believers with things of the world and mm-hmm. it never it can never sustain or fulfill the same way. Yeah. And so if you are a believer, don't neglect how important it is to have other believers around you in community. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be in the world, you're supposed to be uh, evangelistic to those around you, of course, but you need people to hold you accountable, who have like-mindedness, who are going to encourage you. And so don't neglect biblical community, especially if you're a believer. Yeah, that's good. Well, if people want to know more about you, keep up with you, where can they connect with you? For sure. So you can find me on Instagram, Ryan Keaton. You can follow our ministry, Young Adults TN. Um, We have a podcast, uh, social media, so you can find us on any of that. So yeah, we'd love to connect, love to to hear from you if you have any questions or just trying to figure out how uh, how you can be a better friend. Yeah, well, I can just attest personally to the fact that you really actually mean that. Um, I met Ryan a couple of years ago as I was pastoring another church, and um, something I appreciate about him and the rest of the TBMB, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, is that some people say they exist to serve churches, and they don't really do that. But 100%, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, like it's almost like their sole purpose. Well, of course, is to glorify God, but they do that through really serving people like us and resourcing us and helping us walk with Jesus. And so thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for that word of endorsement. And if you aren't connected to a church, get connected here at the river. For sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.